0: Welcome to a new installment of the Iowa Drinks Podcast. Hey, if you guys enjoy what we're doing, we encourage you to rate, subscribe, review, and share our work, share what we're doing with the world. We appreciate that. A little bit of a different podcast today. We don't have a guest. It's just Bruno and I. I love Bruno.
1: Hey, how are you? Sitting down here at Kins? Speaking of where you can get it, you can get it on Spotify because I... Uh... I told my mom to 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 like us on Spotify, and she was on a walk down in Arizona the other day, and she's like, "Oh!" And she had yeah. to give me a call and say, "Oh, I got it, and I, I'm going to listen to your podcast." We are on up. Spotify. Yeah, yeah
0: we're we we should be everywhere, honestly. Yeah, no, we, we are. We are. We should be up everywhere. Uh, a little bit of a different pod today, and this is this will be one of my favorite ones that we've done. Uh, we we did a little bit of a whiskey for beginners one a few months ago, but this is from this is an email from one of our listeners, a uh, friend of mine named Steve, and I'm just gonna I'll, I'll read it to you, okay? And then okay, he he has listed out ten questions. He refers to himself as a whiskey barbarian. And what he means by that is that he doesn't seem to... He listens to us, but he doesn't necessarily always know what we're talking about. Yeah,
1: he's a, hes not a refined whiskey drinker like you and I. We're here at uh,
0: <laughs> Ken's The Not-So-Secret Speakeasy as we record this. This is turning into our just spot where we record, which is fitting for the Iowa Drinks podcast. Steve writes, As a novice whiskey drinker, I have a few thoughts that may give you perspective for the next time you talk about, quote, whiskey for beginners. Unlike you, I'm still a true novice. You are a, quote, former novice, and I wonder if you can really remember clearly enough to explain how you became a whiskey drinker and how you liked it. Years have a way of clouding one's memory. Plus... If yours happened at Cellar 626, you may not have a full recall of anything from back then. He's making a joke.
1: Yeah, no. (laughs) Well, they do have a lot of good stuff there.
0: He says, I'm still the guy who gets offered really good whiskey and tries to turn it down because I rarely like what they give me. The good stuff still tastes like turpentine to me. Yes, I am a whiskey barbarian. Perhaps the only time I drank enough whiskey to get drunk was one night during the week before July 4th um, when... Uh, His wife and son, down to bottle a cyclo liquors barrel pick of Buffalo Trace. That's a good whiskey to to get drunk off of. And I don't even think I truly enjoyed that, but I tolerated it, um, and it helped manage that night. Most of my experience with whiskey these days is through whiskey sours. I like to drink, but I don't consider it to be a true whiskey experience because I mostly just taste the lime juice. When I'm at a good bar and order a whiskey sour, they ask me what whiskey I want, and I have no idea. And frankly, does it really make a difference if the lime juice is what I'm tasting? So, let me tell you what I would like to know in terms of learning how to drink whiskey. Some of it has nothing to do with the whiskey itself, but the context and manner of drinking. Here are 10 questions that would help me become a whiskey drinker. So Bruno, um, before we get into these ten questions, do you have any thoughts on that paragraph?
1: Well, I would say first off, he needs to check out Fee Brothers Sweet Sweet Tart uh, mix. It's a uh, it makes great whiskey sours. It's a powder mix instead of uh, lime juice. I mean, I know that I'm maybe he makes it himself, and if all he's doing is whiskey and lime juice, that's not. So there's some good ways to go. I think. I think I think Fee Brothers is a great way to go. You can get that at Central City, um, for sure. But uh, for the most part, I think it makes a lot of sense. It sounds to me a lot like people who like I, I don't really like beer. Um, I only really drink Bush Light. Everyone's drinking IPAs, but they just all taste like bitter to me. And I want to get into beer, but I don't. You know, it's it's the same story I remember hearing in the in the beer days. And still here today. And I remember uh, my first whiskey times were, you know, mix, mix, mix. You know, that's just how I did it. But, uh,
0: well, I mean, mine was, as we've talked about before,
1: um, I mean, it started with Jack Daniels, right? Like, I, we used. It's funny. My, I was Jim Beam and my now brother in law drank Jack, and that's all we ever drank. Jack and Coke's, Jim and Coke's. Yeah. Well, that's how I, it was in college. I, had a bad experience
0: with Captain Morgan, and I graduated to to Jack Daniels, with the cokes. It, it was all mixer stuff. Um, SoCo. Yeah. We did some SoCo with like lime, like like he's talking about, which is and disgusting. That Jim
1: Beam twice. One time in Ames, one time at the old RCA, and uh, I was drinking lemonade and Jim Beam's, and another time down at Central, down in the the wettest dry campus that they ever saw. Uh, <laughs> When We were down there. I drank a Texas fifth of Jim Beam. Oof, one point seven five. Man bottle. alive! And I don't remember if I tasted tasted that or not, but I was inebriated. Man alive!
0: Okay, yeah. so um, yeah. So th- Pendleton, like for me, I, as I've talked about, was really a good way for me to actually start liking whiskey i remember it was as we talked with tim grimes in last week's episode you guys can go back and download that if you haven't already uh i remember in, in about 2005 when that templeton craze was going on um i had always oh, i thought you said pendleton but templeton no i did so both yeah. but i would try to like templeton and i would be like oh yeah like <laughs> it's templeton it's it's the good stuff
1: and i i just really didn't It's just, it's a little bit beyond the palate of most, but it's that spicy rye that maybe it's like hoppy beers. I think it's just a little too much too soon.
0: Yeah. And then I discovered Pendleton and that was what I really kind of started like sipping.
1: See, I think for the first time, I think Canadian or scotch, you know, 95% of the uh, scotch in the world is blended and most Canadian whiskeys are blended whiskeys. And what that means is blended to drink. And a lot of times they're not more than, they're they're like forty to forty five percent. They're really low uh in their uh alcohol by volume. And what that does is it just makes them a little bit easier to drink. Like scotch, now you have the peaty ones, and if that's the first thing you're had, I just say I'll never drink scotch again. And I get that because that is an acquired taste. But if you have let's just say doers or Johnny Walker, you are drinking well, for one thing, those are really old brands. I think Johnny Walker just to a podcast. He was born in 1805. When you're, when you're trying those two, and I think Dewar's is like one of the first trademarked or one of the first sold around the world. Dewar's is popular during Prohibition. But if you drink those, those are very simple, very straightforward, but blended to, to a large person's taste or a large group of people's tastes uh, across the world. And so they're going to be a lot easier to drink. So I think those are the way to go. And Canadian whiskey, you know, your crown uh, or your seven, Seagram seven or uh, Canadian CC is Canadian. Canadian club is Canadian club for a liter bottle is like $20 and it's absolutely great. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, just, just off the top of my head, you know, I think people do, you know. You run into the people that are way into stuff and they give you an Imperial Stout that's been dosed with tons of different flavors and go, hey, try this, you know, and you hand it to a Bud Light drinker and they about lose their mind. And it's the same thing with IPAs and things. So it's the same thing with whiskey. Templeton is a popular one in the state, so maybe it's the first one you ever try. But I can't imagine that to be the best one to give somebody the first time.
0: If you're wanting like a local, the NASA Family Reserve American blend. I think is a pretty easy
1: drinking one. Gene blends that one down. Yeah, because there's other stuff. But if you were handed his other stuff, the Obtanium, it, you'd blow blow the top off. It, don't don't drink the light whiskey. It's all barrel proof. Time. You know, like a lot of stuff. I'm into yeah. barrel proof. And you know what? To my detriment, because you're drinking like almost double strong drinks, even when you're just having a, a, just a small glass on ice goes your head quick you know it's it's a lot of alcohol and it's a lot of flavor and it's it's overdone so yeah the, like the NASA family family Reserve is a great one I think a lot of those foundry ones that are coming out that they're beer formerly yeah. beer that is still beer they're they're not bawling at a very high content as we sit here we're staring at the whiskey wall at yeah uh, I'm, I'm getting and to pick out I'm one. actually hoping you offer me a drink. <laughs> Well, maybe I can. <laughs> uh, but, you know, some of these are just a little bit too much to handle. The on Midnight the, Ritual would be a good first yeah, for, uh, for and somebody. The, you still find that out on the shelves right now, uh, the Boulevard Wheat uh, Distillate. Um, the, and, and I know Steve. And we got some exile behind the bar here, too. I know Steve, who, who wrote this to us, and Steve's a beer drinker. So I do think that those, like the Midnight Ritual, the. I am totally convinced that the Midnight Ritual, the Exile, uh we're going to be talking about uh Peace Tree has Blonde Fatale coming out, uh a s- distilled version of coming soon. Um we're going to be talking about that. Those will really give you a crossover. If you're, you know, if you're a if you're a determined Bud Light drinker or Coors Light or whatever and that's really all you drink and maybe you drink BV and so uh Coke or something, I and that you don't really like anything else, it might be tough. But if you're willing to try a little bit on the edge, you can kind of work your way into this. And, and there are some really good ways to do that uh, in the whiskey arena. All right, um, he he's got ten
0: questions for us. All right, let's get to them. Number one: Should I be thirsty or not thirsty when drinking
1: whiskey? I don't think it matters. I don't. I don't Does think it matters. You know what? Uh, I, I found that one to be kind of a funny question. He's a How, funny guy. He may have thrown no, that in there to mess. So to. Uh, Actually, uh, alcohol is a diuretic, so it's actually going to make you more thirsty. If you, what you should do is hydrate. Um, but, uh, to be thirsty for, I don't know if I've ever said I'm really, anyone's ever really said I'm really thirsty, thirsty for a whiskey. (laughs) Now, I mean, think somebody's brain might be on a Friday at at three o'clock in the afternoon going, I'm thirsty for a whiskey that I get. Uh, but, uh, we're talking more of uh, emotional, uh, or spiritual than a uh, physical uh, need for uh, drinking whiskey. Um, whiskey is good for you, uh, I believe, uh, in moderation. It's uh, it's thins your blood a little bit. It uh, it uh, makes things go. I was talking on the uh, on the rush the other day. A hundred six year old uh, lady. Uh, her secret to being hundred six years old and surviving COVID was that she drinks whiskey every day. God bless her. Yeah. So there's got to be something to that, right? Question number two: Should I drink something else before or after
0: water, beer? Um, I I personally think that water with it is a pretty good mix, just because it cleans well, your palates.
1: So. Well, I think yeah, you should have something in between. I thought you know, I thought he was kind of alluding to the uh, liquor before beer, beer before liquor oh, thing. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's true or not, and I can tell you what makes me laugh about that and everyone always has a thing. Oh, this is the way it is. Um, they talk about like absinthe back in the day, like absinthe would make you see little green men. And it was, it was uh, hallucinogenic and all that. All I can say about that is look at the bottle of absinthe sometime. It's usually like 60% alcohol. They're usually so high. So what you're doing is just getting drunk. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so, and the same with liquor before beer, if you're drinking liquor and beer and you're drinking all day, you're going to be, you're going to get like people say keg, beer I can't drink keg beer, but I can just drink bottle beer as well. Have you ever been at a kegger where you're, you ever saw Sipping. the bottom, ever saw the bottom of your glass yeah. or didn't drink, you know, like beer pong or funnels yeah. of beer, all that stuff. So, you know, I think that's that kind of thing, but I would say as a general rule, as a human, you should really hydrate with water all the time. And if you have, If you, if you are hydrated, uh, physically with water, having some drinks before, you know, being hydrated before you go out prevents as bad a hangover. It depends. I mean, you can get really crazy during the night, but to have good, uh, good amount of water in your system all the time is in my, in my experience, uh, 50 years, uh, what is it? 34 drinking. If you're sitting at home too, Steve, um, drinking a beer.
0: Before, the whiskey may not be a bad idea because it'll get those palates moving a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know? no, I mean, it's not. It'll get those taste buds activated. It, well, the, little the thing bit. is, is that beer has less alcohol. Beer is the drink of moderation. Uh, whiskey can, if you're not careful, you know, if you're doing shooters. I don't think then, that's what we're talking we're Not that's what we're talking about. But if you're, if you're drinking whiskey as if you're drinking water and or beer or, you know, you're probably need to slow slow your roll and drink some water in between it should i eat something before and after <laughs>
0: uh that's up to you
1: i that's think that falls good. under the same yeah. same category yeah. um like if you're tasting different whiskeys having a a little bit of food in between is kind of a palate cleanser it kind of resets your palate um it's also good to have some food in your stomach when you're consuming alcoholic beverages uh it lowers your uh your Your, uh, blood alcohol content and, uh, and that's good, uh, to not get so, so drunk. So yeah, having some food isn't a bad idea, but there is no requirement to, it doesn't make, I wouldn't say it makes it taste better or not. Although you can do food and whiskey pairings and that kind of thing, but that's an, that's kind of a whole different level.
0: Okay. These next three are really good. And I bet a lot of people have wondered, should I add ice? Uh, should I give it any time to melt or change the whiskey temperature What about adding water? How much? Now, this is a good question because I think um, everybody's different. One, and these whiskeys all react differently to ice and temperature and water. Like, sometimes they need activated, too, and it changes the drink.
1: Yes. You know, if you go to – here's two things. If you go to Scotland and you go, could I get uh, some scotch on the rocks, some single malt on the rocks, they'll – Tell you no. They're not going to do it. But there will be a pitcher on the bar that has some water that you can add to your whiskey. And it does open it up. If you go to to Kentucky, they'll tell you your bourbon your way. However you want to drink it, you drink it. If you like to load your glass full of lemons and limes and then pour whiskey on top and that's how you drink it, then you drink it that way. If you like it with Coke you like pappy and coke then you you are very rich for starters <laughs> because you can afford that and uh and what a waste in my mind but uh like they say your bourbon your way but uh on a practical level adding ice especially in something that is a little bit higher proof uh definitely opens up the whiskey i like to have my you know what i found is Like when it's colder out right now, and I have a glass at my house, and it's sitting next to like the windowsill, and it's gotten chilled while I was sitting there drinking. I do like to have it a little bit chilled. I don't like to have a like a hot whiskey. I prefer it. Like Steve, I like the um the the big giant like round ice balls. I've got one of those machines. I got to bring that in sometime. Well, I got that thing that makes the it's aluminum, and it's amazing. It's through natural process, but it'll make the big huge ball of ice for your really it's so super cool i
0: just had the thing i bought on amazon for like five dollars that you just you fill it up with water and you put it in your freezer and it gives you the round
1: yeah i have though i have that too i cubes. got that as like a giveaway for a ball of rum it's like a I, but uh to me like
0: those are perfect i don't like going to my refrigerator ice machine and having like eight cubes that melt quickly? Well, they'd melt
1: right away too. Um, so I don't like that. And it, and it does, it does. It, it, so another thing you can get is whiskey stones. Um, uh, sometimes they are stones. Sometimes they're metal, but you keep them in your freezer and, and it basically chills the whiskey, but it doesn't water it down at all because it's metal or rock, you know? Um, but I, I like my whiskey a little chilled, but you know, not like I say, not room temperature. I think, uh, I do like to add water. Um, a lot of distilleries you go to, they'll even you can even get the water that they their source water for their whiskey. Um, when you're picking a barrel, sometimes they'll send you uh, the whiskey they use to to actually uh, proof down their whiskey. Um, but there's something about it; it it opens up the aromas and well, opens a, up the whiskey. So it's a good way. And, that's a good and How much is your call? Question number five: Should I smell it?
0: Whiskey snobs often talk about the role of scent and flavor, but I have no idea how I should go about sniffing. Um, Basically, Bruno, I have to rely on you here, but all of those senses, sensories
1: work together. Well, we both, did you lose your sense of smell when you had COVID? I did. So you basically lost your sense of taste. People say, I can't taste anything during COVID. No, you couldn't smell anything. Correct. Because I could taste like acidic I could taste uh citrusy salt. was the yeah. stuff
0: that I could still get yeah-
1: yes yeah, yeah citric acid and 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 uh salt I could taste those two things, but I couldn't smell for anything, I couldn't really taste anything um and so if you don't have a sense of smell, you're not really tasting things. The other thing about it is and this is comes into this is maybe a little bit uh a uh, little bit higher level than what we're talking about, but so we were I was with some beer guys and at the foundry and we're deciding uh, to maybe make a whiskey with them and everyone was smelling and tasting. When you drink beer, you smell the beer and then you drink it. Um, and there's two, you drink, it's you d- really no different than beer. It's, it isn't, it isn't, but the, but the way you do it is different because when you sniff, when you're smelling beer, you actually should smell it. Then you drink it and then you blow out, you keep your mouth shut of course, cause you have liquid in it and blow out through your nose and it and it amps up the hop level, especially if you're drinking IPAs, and it gives you a sense of what what you're drinking. When you smell, when you sniff a whiskey, you should smell with your mouth open. And the beer guys weren't, and they're were like, all, I, "All I'm smelling is this turpentine. All I'm smelling is the the fusel alcohol, and and that's really all you are." And I didn't know this. This is good stuff. So if you don't if you don't open up your mouth, you're just jamming a bunch of the alcohol fumes up into your nose and you're not really catching all the subtle flavors, s- scents, smells that are coming off the of uh, the whiskey. So so you just leave, you just you sniff it, you put it underneath your nose, you leave your mouth open, and you and you breathe in through your nose and and it what it does is it from what I understand it it sends it over your uh senses in your nose a lot differently than that And you're getting all the subtle flavors and all the, the alcohol, the fusel alcohol kind of burns off in that. So you're not just getting, I mean, you, if you smell one of these barrel proofs, uh, like one of jeans, you know, that light whiskey down there and you do that, you, you'll you cough. You couldn't possibly smell that much alcohol fumes. You know, it's the kind of same thing that people, it's the thing that overwhelms you when you take a, a big thing, shot of alcohol. It's not really the flavors and such. It's just the amount of alcohol at one go. And it overwhelms your senses. So that's really the way to, that's the way you got to sniff a whiskey. And, and and there's other things you got to, um, there's other things to look at for appearance and things. The same with beer. There's a lot of things that are similar. They're just different in, in what you do. How much is a proper sip? I know how to drink,
0: not how to sip. Do I swirl it in my mouth or will that burn? <laughs> I mean, I think that your sips get larger the more you
1: yeah, right. The more you've done this. I think you. I think if you don't just take a small sip at a time. So your general pour is somewhere between an ounce and out two, two ounce and a half and two ounces. And and you can drink an ounce of liquid pretty easily, but you're not really going to enjoy it or savor it. And I've watched people. I guess the best way to say it is that that you chew the whiskey like you you kind of squish it around in your mouth. So it kind of gets all over your tongue and uh, gets everywhere. So you can really give it a proper taste. Um, And uh, back in the, I actually, I was actually working on a beer program uh, for our restaurants and they had the old way of showing how a diagram of a tongue, you know, how on the sides, it was one thing on the tip. It was one thing on the back of the tongue. It's another, and they're saying how it's all broken out that way. Mm Mm-hmm. That is a, that's false information we were fed as kids. That is not how the tongue works. Uh, the tongue has the papillae or whatever you want to say, the taste buds. And each one of those have receptors for each one of those five senses or five. What is it? Salt, sweet, bitter, <laughs> bitter, uh, sour. And I know umami is the six. That's an added one that the flavor of like fat, uh, um and then we're missing one but you can shout it out to the podcast but um so that's why you need to get it all over your tongue there are certain things uh wine glasses and things are set up so that it hits parts of your palate in different ways so you you catch it there are receptors that are hotter in different areas but for the most part when you drink a whiskey you should kind of squish it around in your mouth a little bit and really savor it taste it um and, yeah, it will burn if it's really high-proof and you haven't done anything to water it down um, with ice and or water. It's, it's and it sweet. it burn, burn a little bit. Sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and umami.
0: So it's just the five? Just the five. Okay. So I had them all. I just thought it were six. That's according to um, our friends at Google. There you go. Okay. Um, all right. Steve's rest of his questions here. Uh, I... I I feel like Steve's overthinking it a little bit. At what pace should I take sips? What is too short and too long for finishing a shot? I mean, what we're talking about, Steve, we're not really talking about taking shots. Yeah, I that's think that's a we're, different world. What you're asking is really how bad of a day was
1: it? <laughs>
0: this <laughs> is know? true. And then yeah, the, the next one is at what pace should I get refills? How much time should I take between drinks? Should I t- drink water between shots? Like, I. Like, are you, are you trying to get hammered or uh, like, cause a lot of what we're talking about, that's not what we're talking about here on the Iowa drinks podcast. We're, yeah. it's a hobby. So yes, you would like, if, um, if Gene Nassif comes in and we're trying out his, you know, a bunch of his new stuff, like, yeah, you're, you're better off to drink some water to clean your palate in between. Cause otherwise it all kind of starts blending well, together.
1: Yeah. And you won't be able to, and that's the thing. If you drink too much uh, the other day, uh, had some friends over, we drank 10 different whiskeys and they all tasted really good. And we drank 25 milliliters of each. Um, I, I came on this idea at school that the bottles are in milliliters. You know, we call them fifths, but it's not really a fifth. It's 750 milliliters. And, uh, and then there's a one liter bottle and that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, 1000 milliliters and I have a little in England uh you get everything poured by the ml if you know if you get a wine they have all these metal shot glasses we have some here they're over there they have measurements uh uh how much ml it is i think the top side's 50 the bottom you flip it over and it's 25 but 25 gets you uh about 0.8% ounces or a po- 0.8 ounces excuse me and that's a perfect amount to try, but I still tried 10. So I had eight ounces of whiskey and they were kind of hot or they were high proof. So it gets a little, gets a little bit too much. Uh, and then he stopped really enjoying it. And so the, the, the point I'm trying to make is yeah, you should have a measured amount. It's not really a shot. I guess that's just the Vernacular, the terminology that people use it. But uh, it's, a, it's a taste or a drink of whiskey, a sample.
0: I have a recommendation for Steve that I think would be a really good place for him to start after reading through all of his stuff. Um, Ryan and the guys over at Mississippi River, they make really good flavored whiskeys. Uh, they're honey, they're maple. Yep. That would probably be a good place for you. Steve to, to start right there I I really like their maple the Cody robe maple It's the honey is a little sweet for me. I really like the maple it's it's just about perfect. You kind of jumped into question number nine right yeah it would, right yeah where I'm leading to and it, it is he says should I start with mixed drinks when I have a mixed drink I don't really feel like I'm tasting the flavor of the whiskey. Um, if you like the mixed drinks, go for it. Like I, I still to this day will drink a Jack and diet. Like I, I still, I have one last weekend, so it's not like I'm just sitting around drinking straight bourbon every time I, cause it's sometimes I don't feel sometimes when I'm outside working in the yard, I feel the eddy full of Jack and diet, you know? And then, um, and I, and That's, I do that like, there's in, no
1: rules. If you're drinking quite a little bit, if you're just, if you're going to have one and done, that's fine. But if you think you're, you know, if you're out with friends and you're going to have three, four, five, I would highly suggest having a water in between. I, um, uh, you know, when we drink beer, you say you should have a pause beer. Like there's some beers that are really low on ABV, you know, you drink, no one's as thirsty as they, when you're at a kegger, no one's that it's like, if, if. If you didn't know what they were doing, they're like, man, those people look really thirsty. I wonder why they're so thirsty. Well, you're not really that thirsty. <laughs> no one drinks 12 beers, you know, because <laughs> they're thirsty. I am parched. So you got to – you're just, like, kind of in the moment and you're just drinking. So, yeah, you should pace yourself and put something in between. And, and, and that's what mixed drinks do. They take something that's uh, an ounce and a half of alcohol or two, two and a half ounces of alcohol and stretch it out. There's a – I think – I might be wrong, but I believe Elmer T. Lee was a distiller at Buffalo Trace. And his favorite was a bourbon and uh and 7-Up. And that's what he drank. And I always thought that was a little odd because, like, that guy's supposed to be, like, the whiskey guy. But that's just how he liked to drink it. I mean, 7-Up is basically a little lemon, a little lime, and, and sugar uh, with soda water. And uh, that's what he drank. And by the way, Elmer T. Lee, if you don't know, I think we've talked about it before, but got to fit it in. He's the guy who invented the single barrel uh, program, and he's the one that put out Blanton's. My guy. <laughs> God bless him. God bless him.
0: But to thank, thank God I got that bottle of Blanton's from, that you got me hooked up with. So now I have I have three bottles of Bland in my house now, because so I feel like I can. It's drink funny it.
1: a lover, as somebody who really loves it, and somebody who uh, makes fun of it, both have the same amount of bottles. <laughs> well, now I feel like I can drink one. Oh yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. like oh okay, I got I got some on reserve here. There you go. Yeah. Nope. That's uh, well, and if with any luck, we'll be able to go watch them bottle some. Uh, yes. Uh, in August, right? So. Um, and finally, he, he asked about the flavored whiskeys
0: and he says, it seems like I would be tasting something other than the whiskey itself. Not necessarily. I mean, listen, like what is a flavored whiskey? Is there, if we're talking about, um, <laughs> fireball, fireball, um, you're right. Like, cause you're just drinking, you're drinking straight
1: cinnamon syrup. It's, and it's 35%. Uh, but I don't think like your maple whiskey or honey at, no. uh, Mississippi, they're probably at 40, 40 or 45 to me, Steve that's what I would come down to with you buy
0: a bottle of the maple Cody road or the honey Cody road. Even, um, you know, a lot of these companies and, and, and again, Cody roads doing it with the old fashions Mm -hmm. where you can just buy the bottle. That's a a really good place to start. Yeah. You're not just going to be like, Oh, um, I want some on light. Like it, it has taken me I started getting into this in about 2005. What is it? 2021. It took me about almost, you know, 13 years before I really appreciated like what I was drinking. Mm-hmm. You know what it was? It was the first time I bought um double Oak Woodford reserve where I could finally like the, the palate was ready to do something other than Jack. And you know what I mean? Bruno uh, Bruno's a little bit more sophisticated palate than me, but he's been doing. He's been <laughs> I at I this say, a lot is, longer. I'm a
1: little bit older than you. Is all that is. I've just, like I said, I've been drinking for 34 years. And how old are you? I'm 36. So, but my point <laughs> but is that's. I mean, that's kind of. Th-
0: this stuff doesn't happen overnight, and maybe, maybe you're not going to like it. Like it's, it's not for everybody. But I, a lot of these questions, I feel like Steve is really wanting to like
1: um, skips, skip steps here. Oh yeah. No, I mean my first, uh, I first beer I ever had in the back parking lot at 16 years old was a Coors yellow belly pinching my nose while I drank it. Cause I thought it was disgusting. Uh, after that I drank a lot. I remember we got a wine cooler keg for a party. I mean, I was drinking wine coolers until I was like maybe 19, 20. You know what I would tell them to do too and is buy a, bottle of mellow corn i was gonna say that too i was looking at mellow corn mellow corn no harm no foul 10 10 12 15 dollars out of your pocket mix Uh, it with coke mix it with sprite and and you know what mix it and then maybe take a little sip uh after you've had a little bit of your mix so you'd have a little bit of that in your you know mellow corn is really it it is what it's named it is mellow um it is 50 percent alcohol by volume and it will do it will take care of you but it it is really good for the price. Um, that's the kind of thing. You just got to, you know, you taste your way through. And if you can go to a place like uh, Ken's or somewhere that does whiskey, and you can get, you can get flights, uh, smaller amounts of whiskey, and just taste them. And maybe put a little water in them, you know, kind of work your way into it. You know, it's sort of like you're trying to, I, I was thinking about this. It's like we're trying to figure out ways that you can get acclimated to drinking you know, so that you can drink more. And I don't know if you feel like you're an outsider looking in and wishing that you could be a part, part of it. And you do, you do uh, enjoy a, a an adult beverage every now and again. Whiskey is fun. Uh, and it's amazing what nothing more than a barrel and in ingredients do to a product. Um, you'll have seemingly this it should be the same thing, but some distillers are good, and some distillers aren't that good at it. And there's some distillers that tease out interesting flavors, and there's others that taste like turpentine, like Steve said. I still feel that. You know, there's some that just is, you know. I've always said that getting drunk is is the, is the unhappy coincidence of drinking. It's never why I've ever drank, uh, thankfully. I drink because... I'm interested in what I'm tasting. And that's probably why I've gone to five hundred breweries and tasted five thousand beers. And it's why I have three hundred bottles of whiskey in my closet at home and and uh I'm and and uh all excited about going to and, and and uh talking to distillers and distilleries. Um but you start in on this and uh you'll start tasting new ones and you'll start seeing what you like. You might find that you don't like rye or high rye, which means that in the mash bill there's it's that spiciness which sometimes feels like high alcohol and it's just more that it's spicy. You might want stuff that doesn't really have any rye. You might like weeded products, products that uh don't have any rye in it at all the The extra grain in the the mix is is uh wheat instead of rye, and uh those are some of my favorites. I mean, that, you're talking Weller there. Um, you're talking, we have a Cedar Ridge uh, wheat whiskey here um, at Ken's, that kind of thing. Those are really nice. They're really mellow. Uh, uh, I've Larceny is another one. Larceny is a really easy one to get, and that one's wheat. That one's not rye. But I like the one on the other side of that shelf is the one fourteen old granddad, which is a it's a high rye.
0: No, I wouldn't expect Steve to appreciate that.
1: No, that's a little bit that's advanced, but I love. But it's such a great. Pardon my French, but I love that shit, Oh, Shit's great. It's one hundred fourteen percent of deliciousness for like twenty eight dollars. They had that at.
0: um, (laughs) I was just random. That stuff's getting around now. Yeah, I saw it at the little teeny tiny grocery store in Bondurant the other day. I
1: was shocked. It's, they had it on display think about it if, if you do uh, mix it down with some water or ice and you get it a little bit lower proof you're getting like a liter bottle for you know at bare minimum because it's 114 that's uh, that's uh, f- uh, 57% alcohol by volume you don't really shouldn't really be drinking that straight so well ugh, sorry
0: not enough whiskey not enough whiskey today Steve I hope we helped you the good thing is Steve uh, he's such a big fan of what we do. Um, he is. He joined the whiskey club.
1: Yeah, right at the end, I was like, I was just reading that. He's yep. like uh, partly to learn about whiskey, but more to support uh, Cyclone Fanatics uh, sponsor. I've joined Bruno's Whiskey Club. He says, however, I don't feel like I belong because I'm I'm such a whiskey barbarian. Um,
0: well I hope hopefully this will help you become not so much of a barbarian
1: I think you just have to have some curiosity I mean the everyone has the uh, the world in their hand with a phone you can look up and research and learn about something and the history of something and, and the flavors of and what people reviewed and what they thought and find that you'll find that there's a style of bourbon and or whiskey um, that you like that kind of gets you into the groove of what what you'd like to try and then there are, there are a lot, and and they're only become they're only more and more, where you can just try different different things that you know that are going to kind of suit your palate. And Come
0: on then, down here to Kin's Not So Secret Speakeasy and talk to the bartender too; they can help you.
1: That's the other thing: talk to people who know what they're talking about. Yep. Um, I, I have to say, I don't know; I know some, but I don't know as much as somebody who sells it all the time. You know, go to Todd at Central City, and ask him. You know, tell him this is what I like or this is what I've had before. You know. It's funny. I go there now at Central City and I basically, when somebody goes in there and they're asking questions, I don't even like, I I ask them if they have any questions. I start helping them. I've, I could, I could almost get a job there these days. Why don't you? I I have a lot of things going on.
0: Okay. Thanks guys. Uh, We appreciate it. Rate, subscribe, review. Thanks to Steve for that input. We love taking questions. So tweet at us at Iowa drinks, go and like our Facebook page. At some point, we're going to have a website, and we can't wait for the Whiskey Club to get going and get to meet some of you guys. We appreciate you all listening. Have a great rest of your week.